Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the FT Advisor podcast. I'm Damien Fantato, Deputy Editor of Financial Advisor. The professional indemnity insurance market has not been a friendly place for advisors of late, and the trend of uh, increasing premiums has accelerated this year by the increased compensation limit for the Financial Ombudsman Service. Today, we're here with Dan Stuckey, Associate Director of Onyx Insurance Brokers, and Philip Hanley, Director of Philip James Financial Services, to discuss how advisors can navigate this hostile landscape. Hello, Dan. How are you? Hello. And Philip, hello. How are you? Yes, hi. Thank you both for joining. So, Dan, tell us a bit about how the PI market has changed uh, over the past few years. Well, I suppose other than increased premiums and restrictive terms, higher excesses, etc. Um, in terms of how it works, there's a limited amount of capacity in the market. So if I explain that capacity is how much insurers can underwrite in any given period. But there's various factors why that's happened. Some is claims and historic claims from years previous. Some insurers have decided that they no longer want to partake in the market. So they withdraw from the market. And obviously what happens is a simple supply and demand type situation occurs where the situation is that there is the same demand as there was sort of 12 months ago, two years ago, three years ago, but the supply is restricted. And that's causing an issue, obviously, from the point of view that the insurers are being very uh, picky, I suppose is the best term, on what clients they want to insure and on what basis. And they're also very aware that that market occurs not just for that insurer, but for all the other insurers. So they can do what they like, it seems. And the only kind of way around that is new insurers coming into the market. Hopefully it'll settle down, but at present it doesn't show any signs of doing so. Mm-hmm. And Philip, from your point of view as, as an advisor who has to get PI insurance, how have you noticed the PI market changing uh, in recent years? I think I probably represent a majority of advisors with a fairly straightforward business model, a couple of other advisors who are part of my business and thankfully haven't had very much in the way of complaints over the years that I've been directly authorised, the last seven or eight years. So I haven't had the need to shop around or change providers. What I have found is that the questions that I'm asked have, have become more searching each year. The types of business which I have to provide details are increasing and the amount of detail required on the application form is increasing. Mm-hmm. And costs are also increasing at a greater rate than my, in percentage terms, a greater rate than my turnover. I think for those outside of high-risk areas or defined benefit transfers, uh, I'm fairly typical in that respect. And Dan, we've seen a trend towards insurers imposing limits on, on, for example, the number of defined benefit transfers that advisors can do or slightly um, different um, clauses for insurance uh, contracts. Is that becoming increasingly common? I think that some of the insurers that we deal with have those restrictions, but not all. It's representative of, it's a very small market as it is. So obviously every insurers have their own requirements, um, their own claims records, and so that dictates what they want to do going forward. So they might be happy with a certain risk, but only if they sort of take on that restriction going forward for how many uh, defined benefit pension transfer they undertake, for instance. I don't see that very often, but it does happen. But effectively in a hard professional indemnity market, and that happens in most insurance markets or most insurance products, um, insurance is cyclable. So effectively, um, at some point, in the cycle, it becomes a hard market and eventually it softens over time. But in a hard market, that's one of the things insurers will look to do is restrict terms. Mm. So that almost they get the same premiums they were getting sort of 
two years ago, but for much less or much narrower cover. It is more common because we're in a hard market, but it's not 100% of the time. Sure. How many insurers are we talking about? I'd say actively looking to underwrite both new business and sort of renewals um, and also um, most insureds, i.e. those with defined benefit pension transfers as well as the ones without, I'd say there's only really four, maybe five active insurers. Wow. Okay. And Philip, have you faced any of these conditions or clauses on, on your insurance when you've renewed it? Personally, I haven't had those problems, although I, I refer my defined benefit business to a couple of other specialist IFAs, one with whom I deal on a most, the most regular basis, uh, had huge problems getting the eye cover his renewal earlier this year. He had a month or so without any cover and he had to cease trading for a brief period. Eventually he obtained cover almost double the cost of his previous year's policy. I think as we'll probably confirm this, I think that it's uncertainty which is driving the increases and the restrictions of the market. Pretty much every day this week I've had an email in the FT advisory email there's been another mention of FCA Attention on defined benefit transfers. I think there is so much new vice restriction coming from them that, as an insurer, you're very uncertain where at the end of a policy year your liabilities are like to lie. Mm-hmm. That'd be fair, Dan? I concur, yeah. Um, it is definitely uncertainty. I mean, we've seen the claims record uh, for insurers over the past sort of three years at least, and it's fairly benign, I'd say. So although it's a hard market, and a hard market usually follows claims, in this case it's more the uncertainty and what uh, the FCA will do next um, in regards to financial defined benefit pension transfers, whether they will do a sort of a full review of every advice that's been undertaken along the lines of the pension review in, in the mid-90s or not. And also, obviously, with this new FOS awards limit, increase insurers are increasingly nervous because if it happens it's now going to cost them a little bit more than it did sort of three months ago um, our impression is that that defined benefit transfers are likely to be the next area of attention for the claims management companies quite now possibly the, yeah the pii is um is finally biting the dust this has come into sharp belief since the um, financial ombudsman service uh, compensation limit increased but dan you seem to be saying that this is part of a longer term trend is there anything particularly that's causing this I suppose what I'm trying to say is that obviously this has been in the headlines a lot because of the FOS limit Mm -hmm. changes recently. Um, But what my question is, are there more historic causes? I think historically, financial advisors have caused the PI market or the insurance market quite a few problems. And because of that, there's a stigma attached to underwriting financial advisors um, in the UK. And so the, the uncertainty is causing the insurers that might enter the market as a as new capacity to kind of stay away at this present time. But yeah, there's various issues. I mean, the defined benefit pension transfers is causing and has done for numerous months now or years since pension freedoms. Insurers to almost stay away, some of them to withdraw, some of them to add terms onto the new PI policies, restricting how many can be done in the next 12 months. Loads of different factors are affecting the current market, but weirdly not claims. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are claims out there, but not at the level that has seen the uh, premiums treble in some cases. Mm-hmm. So do you think that the increased professionalisation of the financial advisor space will help? I think it has helped uh, over many years. I think um, I've spoken to a professional in the past that said that when the pension review was undertaken in the 90s, the uh, sort of record-keeping of financial advisors. So if the same was to occur, 
almost be easier to defend against complaints. However, insurers' experience of the financial ombudsman service and the way they deal with complaints, it do, well, they feel um, they don't get a, a good hearing, if you will, in which case that's the issue, how the FOS then deal with the complaints that come through and um, whether they're dealt with in the insurer's eyes correctly and provide, I suppose, a bit of an argument between the two parties before it's decided that who's in the right. And Philip, how can advisors uh, such as yourself navigate uh, their way around the, the, the PI market? I think it's a lot to do with reviewing the areas of business in which you're involved. And when it comes to renewing professional indemnity insurance, the questions asked provide a very good guide to the areas about which we should be concerned, which um, are not always those which might be immediately obvious. This year, there were a few extras added, um, for instance, anything involving business property relief or tax-efficient investment required a lot of detail about amounts invested, with whom they were invested, dates of investment, pretty much a detail of a, a policy register of any of that business, which obviously PI insurers are now considering high risk. The same on flexible drawdown. Whether there are actually a number of claims going through with regards to these investments or whether, again, it is fear. Mike, I don't know of anyone who's had problems with these sort of investments. So I guess, as Dan was saying, it's fear of what might be rather than experience of actual claims, which is probably driving the extra detail that's required. Is that fair, Dan? I, I agree again, yeah. It is definitely a fear. As I said earlier, the claims experience is fairly benign. Um, mm. So I believe insurers are just concerned that if something was to occur or the FCA announced a full-scale review, whoever's holding the baby, if you will, um, that'd be the end of that insurer in this market. I mean, to be honest in itself, possibly that's the reason why it won't happen. The FCA are probably acutely aware that if they were to do a full-scale review, there could be a, a mass exodus of insurers and there's not many to, to <laughs> exodise. Well. Yeah. Okay. So, Dan, what can advisors do to get better cover in this market? To be honest, I wish I could say that this is the thing to do and guaranteed to get terms going forward. There isn't much. You can only run your business as best you can. And when it comes to the time of PI renewal, find a, a broker that you trust um, that has access to ideally more than one insurer. Um, maybe something to ask when you're coming up to renewal. Start early and, I mean, ask for their help if you need it complete the renewal submission as thoroughly and as neatly and tidy and as possible. Ultimately, this is your chance to sell your business to a PI insurer. So if it is scruffy, messy, and some of the questions have answered either incorrectly or not at all, it doesn't bode well. And ultimately, it means that someone who uh, is next to you in the pile of papers, a potential broker, here get seen first and get offered terms first mm -hmm. before you will. So the back and forth of questions and answers between the two parties ultimately, generally, leads to um, worse terms. Mm -hmm. Philip, does that resonate with you? Yes, I, I, I think the, the longer-term effect, or pro in my case, probably the immediate effect, is that it will make the advice provided to clients as bland as possible. We're able to avoid advising clients to take out anything slightly exotic. We'll do so on the basis that even if it might be the right thing for a client or might be to their advantage, it could well reflect badly on us when we come to comes around to our PI renewal. I'm thinking here of things like business property relief, uh, enterprise investment schemes, or using drawdown policies in in any way which might um, potentially incur a tax liability for clients. 
Mm-hmm. So although we're required to look at the whole of the market, often we only do so in theory and discount anything which might cause us problems. And Philip, what long-term solutions do you think exist to address this problem? What would you like to see happen? I think from the advisor's point of view, reform of the Ombudsman Service to include a backstop. That's something that's been talked about for a long time, but a, a certainly a time limit. Although there aren't many financial advisors who've been around for 25 years, but there are certainly complaints or policies sold 25 years ago which have been upheld recently, as you'll know by the Ombudsman Service, and far too easy for clients to make a complaint on spec. We pay the fee. They have absolutely nothing to lose. And what is upheld from our side often seems to be quite arbitrary. I think as an advisor now, it used to be the FCA we feared. It's now the Ombudsman Service we fear because there is a complete lack of certainty on what may or may not be treated as sound advice. And yesterday's advice is treated on the basis of today's standards. Dan, what long-term solutions do you think can address this issue? Well, from our point of view, uh, obviously we can only help from a PI point of view. So we're actively looking for new insurers to enter the market, at which point, obviously, the uh, supply goes up and uh, the demand remains the same. So, in theory, premiums should start to reduce. I mean, as I say, the simple insurance cycle. Um, so, eventually, it'll happen. And when it does happen, the competition drives premiums down. Obviously, that's only dependent upon claims remaining benign almost. But, yeah, I mean, from our point of view, we're looking for new insurers to take part in the market and we'll continue to do so until we find those participants and I agree with uh, Philip in terms of the financial ombudsman if they did things slightly differently then I definitely think there'd be more insurers uh, more willing to participate and the ones that are already involved and um, will probably relax a little knowing that they've got almost a, a partner to get to the right result rather than sort of it seems like an enemy uh, in effect ultimately insurers want to pay claims to don't want to pay claims but they will pay claims where they feel that their client that they feel in some cases that their own client isn't in the wrong but and if it went to court then they would win but when it goes to the ombudsman they don't and is is there anything that you think could happen to accelerate the entry of that you know fifth sixth or maybe even seventh let's go crazy (laughs) pi insurer into the market or is it just unfortunately not obviously if it was easy then we would have probably done it by now. There's plenty of uh, large brokers out there that have um, tried and failed who have sort of significant books of business to kind of manipulate, if you will, other insurers into entering the market. Um, ultimately, um, it comes from the top, I suppose. Unfortunately, PI has a bad press in uh, Lloyd's at the moment, and Lloyd's have restricted capacity for their syndicates because non-American professional indemnity insurance has been the worst performing class over the last few years, that isn't financial advisors in this case. But as as I mentioned earlier, the stigma attached to financial advisors over sort of, sort of twenty years ago, um, and claims then um, is still apparent now because those insurers that kind of see the claims records when um, they were junior underwriters are now senior underwriters. So you're battling against a, a stigma, probably unfairly, because things have changed. But that's something that I say we do on a daily basis and try to uh, improve the lives of the financial advisors we uh, act for. It's worth also saying it's a diminishing market because the number of advisor and advisor firms is reducing, either through people leaving the business or purchases by the consolidators. So That's right. But a lot of these would have to purchase runoff of some sort or the purchase okay. purchase yeah. runoff. So the liability, unfortunately, and the premiums. And Philip, do you think that you have to just sit through this sort of hard market as an advisor and wait for it to get a bit better? There's 
very little as uh, a relatively small advisor that we can do to influence what's happening in the market other than controlling the types of business that we transact and making our business run in as clean a way as possible, mm. avoiding claims because much would I've never had a claim. Well, I imagine, Dan, that one or two claims is going to be the record it does with any insurance is going to push up the premium still further. If they are um, a substantial sort of uh, claim payment, yes. Uh, it's not a kind of like car insurance where... Um, no claims bonus, no. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> but in regards to a, com- a complaint against you that ultimately goes away and insurers don't pay any money, that generally doesn't affect... Uh, yes. Yeah. The premium is just purely if a large payment has been made. Um, unfortunately, insurers will almost course, look yeah. to recoup some of that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, um, Dan, thank you very much for taking part. Um, thank and you. Uh, the same to you, Philip. Um, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Damien. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you very much for tuning in. And join us again next week for the next edition of the FT Advisor podcast. Thank you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.